This is episode number 351, Life Lessons from the Cockpit, with Kim Campbell. Welcome, my name is Ola Glowheed, and this is the Overcoming Outs Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement, and that announcement being, if you enjoyed any of the previous episodes, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. I'm really looking forward to this conversation for a number of reasons. A, I, I've always, not always, but oftentimes wanted to speak with someone who has been a pilot. And the reason why is because there's something about that space that is truly fascinating. I, I had a conversation like this with another friend of mine. He used to fly for Delta. Uh, I think it was like 20 or 25 years. And him and I were talking and you know he was sharing different places he went to. But what was even more interesting for me was how was he how he was able to uh, bring the experience down from the yes. sky, so to speak. Like, what are the lessons he was able to learn and articulate while flying that are also very applicable in everyday life? So, five ten minute conversation quickly turned to like three hours of us sitting there, and like, hey, we just missed our entire book day, and now we're gonna have to send emails to everyone saying <laughs> we're sorry, but. I was just so intrigued by his experience. And so when I came across your story and the different things that you've done, also a slightly different type of airplane than Delta Airlines. Right, right. I was just curious, like, how do you, what do you learn from that experience? And how have you been able to translate much of that journey into your everyday life on the ground? which is probably a slightly different landscape than being in the sky, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, it's a different landscape, but I think so many of the lessons that I learned from flying apply to leadership, apply to my life as a mom and a spouse. Like I just, I, there's so many lessons that I learned through my time in the military, specifically in flying um, that relate. And I've, I've really tried to carry those lessons forward, which is part of the reason I ended up writing a book because there were so many lessons and so many mm. things that people had shared with me that I felt like it was timely, finally time to, to put it down on paper. But, you know, it's, it's really, it's easier now, right? Because I've had 20 years to reflect on some of my experiences. And, and you, you flew flight, uh, fighter jets for looks like a pretty significant portion of that time, right? I flew the A-10 Warthog, which is an attack aircraft, but fighter aircraft, uh, courtesy of the Air, the Air Force is the way they've classified it. And it, I flew that airplane for 20 years. And so I had a lot of experience both in training and in combat 
to pull a lot of those key lessons. And it took me some time to figure it out that a lot of the lessons really applied. But what I found was some of those concepts, like having a wingman by your side to provide mutual support that applies in life too, not just in our professional life, but in our personal life, the idea of learning from our mistakes to improve and get better. The idea of how do you create a high-performing team and lead a high-performing team? I mean, all of those things directly applied to my personal and professional life as well. It's fascinating because uh, that's always been a dream of mine, actually, to fly an airplane like that just for the speed and just the experience. Uh, I, I don't know how much jet fuel it actually even takes to do a 10, 20-second ride. It just seems a lot just because of the speed and, and everything. But I'm also curious, just from your lens, at A, what drew you into that space to begin with? And then the second part is, at what point did you begin to realize that uh, there was an end to that journey? Yeah, I think, well, what drew me in was when I was in fifth grade. and I decided I was going to be a fighter pilot. I wanted to be an astronaut. And I committed myself to that goal at a very young age. I didn't realize that at the time in the U.S. Air Force, women weren't allowed to be fighter pilots because of policies. Uh, thankfully, that changed by the time I got there. So I was able to become a fighter pilot. There were no restrictions for me. Um, but I, I love the freedom of flight. I thought it was exciting. You know, I was drawn to kind of this passion to fly. And then I also realized that there was something more important. You know, there was something bigger than myself, more important than myself, this idea of commitment to service and doing something important that I believed in. And I realized specifically with flying the A-10 that my primary mission was to support troops on the ground and to help them get home to their families. And that was just something that I connected to. I felt like what I did on a daily basis made a difference and an impact. And it really became my why, my purpose, my passion for 20 years. Um, how did it all come to an end? Uh, there became a point where I still absolutely love what I did. Um, I, had, I had stopped flying as I progressed in rank. I got to the point where I'd come back to the Air Force Academy to teach character and leadership development, which I absolutely loved. I uh, was passionate about that as well to influence our next generation of leaders. And there became a point where with my family, I have two young kids, um, it was time to move on. It was time to move on to the next chapter to have a little bit more control over my life, uh, to have more control over my schedule. And so I was looking for ways outside of the military that I could take mm -hmm. these lessons that I learned and continue to influence next generations of leaders. And so that's that's really what I've done um, in the past year uh, that I've been retired from 24 years in the military has tried to, I really am trying to take those lessons that I learned, sharing the stories and with the idea that of helping others develop and grow by sharing those stories because other people did that for me. And mm -hmm. so I think it's important to be vulnerable, to put it out there, to share those stories and experiences to help others. Is it a hard transition? I think what was hard transitioning out of the military for me was losing the sense of camaraderie and, and teamwork, right? That wingman culture that we thrive on of always having somebody to be there, you know, to support you, to have your six, right? We talk about check six, the area behind us where we generally don't see on our own, you know, th that concept, the being around people who are really pushing you to be at your absolute best 
that was a hard, that was the hard transition. I didn't miss like the day to day, but I missed the people. Um, I did, I do miss flying. I'll, I'll say, I'll say that. I mean, I, I absolutely love the flying, but um, I have, you know, found that camaraderie now outside the military and a new structure and a team that I work for called Victory Strategies, which is a group of elite performers, not all military, but Fortune 500 execs, entrepreneurs, um, other military members as well, Navy SEALs, fighter pilots, and Olympic athletes. So we have that sense of camaraderie. We push each other. We learn from each other. So I found that on the outside as well. I've oftentimes found that part to be one of the more challenging ones is in finding a group that you really connect with and are able to, uh, it's almost like you don't even have to say the words of what you're hoping to accomplish. And all of a sudden you just get this rush of energy from the same room of people that make you feel empowered and essentially reaffirm that, yeah, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And In my experience, and I'm curious to hear from your end, it, it's a rare thing because not every group offers that. And maybe partially it's meant to be like that. I don't know. Maybe every group has its own purpose. But as far as the driven, high achiever, motivated, but also humble enough to know that, hey, life happens in its own way and you may not get to where you want to go to in that same path that you have in your mind – it's it's a rare experience yeah, to find people no, I, like that. It it seems like it almost seems like it's a minority within a majority. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think to find that group of people, whether it's in your personal life, professional life, to find people that will support you, but also hold you accountable, people that will be there for your highs, but also your lows, and will continue to just push and motivate you and when things don't go as planned, right? Sometimes we have this really thought out plan of what do we want our life to be? And then it's not, right? Things happen, things change, priorities change. Um, And to have those people around you that can support you in that is, is critical. And I think, I think it's so important that we, that we find that, that we make an effort to surround ourselves with people like that, that will be there. How often does that happen when you're flying? Kind of go building upon the concept of life has its own course and its own yeah. journey. You know, when you fly, it seems that th- this is very much uh, a, a beginner path that I'm going to take you on because no, I don't know 100%. anything about. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> airplanes, <laughs> no. you know, I've seen Top Gun, and I was just like crying, laughing, everything in between. But it seems that there is a very direct flight path. You go from A to B. Um, I'm just curious within an experience like that, how do you learn how to pivot? Do you learn how to make adjustments, how to adapt to changes? Uh, where do you learn that skill while flying an airplane? Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time, right? We have a clear flight path. If we take take the top gun example, there's a, you know, there's a start and the end and the mission of where they need to go. And then something happens, right? A missile pops up, somebody gets hit things change. You have to be able to flex very quickly. And for me in the airplane that I was flying, our primary mission was close air support, which means supporting the troops on the ground, which means we go out there. We know we're going to support troops on the ground, but we don't actually know exactly what's happening, right? We could think we're just doing an overwatch mission, providing them support to get from A to B. And then there's an ambush and we have to be prepared to respond. So for me, I think, you know, 
one of those lessons that I have taken from flying is you have to be flexible. You have to be able to adjust when things don't go as planned, even though you have this perfect mission plan that you've spent so much time on, you have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to recognize that this isn't what I planned, but I have the skills and ability to adjust. And part of that is going in very competent, very credible, knowing your stuff, having done all the preparation so that when things don't follow the plan, you have the ability to adapt and adjust. That happens you, in life, that happens in the air, that happens on the ground. Have time. you been in situations like that where everything completely changed? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say almost every mission in small levels. Um, and then I, I had a mission back in 2003 where our mission was to go to Baghdad, provide support for troops on the ground. This is during Operation Iraqi Freedom. All of that was going as planned. And then my airplane got hit by a surface terror missile and talk about a dramatic change. Now my airplane goes from flying to not flying. Um, and I have to react very quickly. I don't have a lot of time to think about it. I, but my alternative is uh, either crashing or ejecting, uh, which neither of those I want to do. And so I, you know, I have to react. I have to rely on my training and I'm able to get the airplane in this backup emergency system and able to fly the airplane out. But, you know, that was, I will say that wasn't part of the plan, but it was something that we planned for, right? Because we plan for contingencies. We plan for that worst case scenario. So thankfully I had thought through it and what I would do. Um, it's still a different thing to be in the moment. Um, you know, when you're not really sure if you're gonna survive or not to be in that moment um, and to be able to react and, and adjust. And again, I'm thankful that I had a wingman with me. I had mutual support. I had a wingman that could see the bigger picture that could help me take action. And he, he helped me survive that day for sure. It's an interesting feeling where that moment comes into play where life and death become realities. I, I, yeah. I experienced a similar thing. I went, Whitewater, whitewater rafting when I was visiting uh, Ecuador. I, I lived there for about one to two months. And one of the things that I chose to do was to go whitewater rafting during the part of an Amazon there. And one thing about activities like that in a lot of parts of South America is that there is no waiver form. There is no, you're not going to sue anyone. It just, you're literally taking your own risk. And Towards the end of our trip, our boat had flipped. And I experienced a similar thing where literally I was under the boat. I was trying to push the boat up and somehow I was able to do it. But there was this brief moment where time kind of stopped, kind of didn't. But I had this thought. I'm like, is this the part where I die? Yeah. And a part of me, I kid you not, wanted to just accept it. Just like stop fighting. Mm -hmm. Just let it go. And then something else clicked in and I was like, nope, got to keep going. Keep treading water, keep doing something, keep moving, keep keep trying to find that boat. And then I was able to find it. But the, the reason why I bring that up is because I've never really experienced that prior to that moment. You know, having yeah. so much water in my lungs where I couldn't even breathe. And, and I'm. it's interesting that you mentioned that because it sounds like it's very similar where it's very hard to describe unless you are in it yourself. Yeah. Because that moment is just so surreal. Yeah. Like one of you is like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. This is 
this is how it goes. And then something else just clicks in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything you just said. I mean, you totally brought me back to that moment of, I remember time slowing down and, you know, it's not right, but it it feels like it. And you kind of have these where you, you can think through like, well, I guess this could be it, right? This is the moment. This is, you know, that I'm going to live or die. And there is that part of like, well, it seems like everything is going the wrong way. But what it is, what is it like? What is that moment? Why do some people have that switch that is like, I am not, this is not my day. You know, I'm going to yeah. do everything that I can to fight it. Um, you know, and it, it's not like you have a lot of time to think about it. It is a split second, like, uh uh-uh, uh, this is not happening today. And I'm going to do everything to fight this and get out of it. Um, and that's kind of how I felt in that moment of even in there's like limited time. I, you do think about that worst case scenario. And then it's just this flip of like, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to get out of this. I think it also brings up a a good point as far as this concept that I used to construct for myself. And that's, oh, I don't have enough time when the reality of the matter is in my situation and sounds like similar to yours. Yes. We were possibly in our seconds, not even minutes, but yet we were still able to formulate enough of a thought to create an action. And that's something that I try to remind myself from that moment is that whenever I tell myself that, oh, I don't have enough time to do this, or it's going to take too long. It it just, all it takes is that one shift of perspective. Well, it took you three seconds to figure out whether you want to live or die. Yeah. I think for me also, it's a reminder to just like take a deep breath, just yeah, kind of get that sense of calm. Like you can handle this, you can do it. And I use that in my life now. Thankfully, the situations aren't quite as severe. But when I have that moment of kind of feeling overwhelmed, like there's so much going on and how do I get through this? I don't have the time. And I just, it's, you know, take a deep breath. And then in the aviation community, we use this idea of it's aviate, navigate, communicate. And it's it helps us slow down in an emergency to really focus on what's most important first. And so aviate is fly our airplane, right? Do the things that only you can do that you have to do right now. It's urgent, it's important, you have to get it done. And then you can navigate, right? Now you're thinking about where you need to go. What's the path that you can take? And then communicate, letting people know what happened, asking for help. And so it's this idea of you have an emergency, and our brains just kind of kick in, aviate, navigate, communicate. And it's just a, almost a calming because it helps us slow down and think through what's most important. And I have to say, I've used the same technique in my everyday life, especially during like a crisis like COVID, when it feels like there's things feel overwhelming. And I just kind of go back to that idea of focus on what's most important first, those things that I can control, those things that I can do the things that are important and urgent. And then I go on to this idea of, okay, navigate. Now, where do I need to go? What do I need to be thinking about? How do I avoid threats and risks? And also communicate, which I think in a crisis is probably most important and more important than ever is to share those things with your team, ask for help when you need it, which is easier said than done. Um, But it's just a, a little bit of a mantra, a little bit of a reminder to, to slow down that you have the time, just focus on what's most important. And that's helped me in aviation in those emergency scenarios, but it's helped me in life as well. 
do you ever have the moments though where the emotions do get the best of you and and a system or frameworks like that aren't the first things that come to mind oh yeah i mean certainly like i sometimes i have to catch myself right you get uh, you're in the you're in the moment and you feel overwhelmed and it, you i like i can feel it taking over of where i start just feeling overwhelmed by everything that's going on and it's i have to take that deep breath and remind myself like this can't get done. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it's not, um, it's not always automatic. It's sometimes I just have to remind myself and kind of go back to those early lessons, but thankfully in the airplane, there's just not time. You have to be focused. You have, you can't let the emotions get away from you. I mean, we call, we, we learn, I guess, early on that we compartmentalize things, you know, and on this trip home from Baghdad, where even though I had survived that initial missile impact, I still had an hour to fly my airplane home. And I'll tell you, there were many times throughout that hour that I, like those worst case scenario thoughts kept creeping in because I had to make a decision now if I'm going to land the, or attempt to land the airplane or eject when I get back to friendly territory because my airplane is, I've got hundreds of holes. It is not flying very well. And it's going to be a tough decision of whether I land or eject. And a, the whole way back, I mean, these little thoughts keep creeping in, like, I'm not ready to die. What if I crash? What if, you know, what if the airplane cartwheels down the runway? I haven't lived my life yet. You know, there's just those thoughts do creep in. And I just had to keep reminding myself, like, focus on the task at hand, focus on what's most important, and then push those thoughts away to deal with another time. And I say that because I think it is important to deal with those thoughts and to, you know, take some time to reflect on those. But in that moment, I had to compartmentalize, tuck them away for later and really focus on the task at hand. But it's easier said than done. <laughs> There's so many parts of what you just shared that I, I have so many questions because I've never, A, I've never experienced this, but I, I didn't even think about the concept of ejecting yourself out of the airplane, not mm -hmm. solely for the ejection, but also like, am I going to inject myself out in a friendly territory or possible territory where I'm going to get captured. Right. Because that's probably another thought that crosses your mind, right? Oh, yeah. As something like that happens. And if you continue to pursue and carry on, then you kind of face the risk of, well, what if I get hit again? What if it's not going to make oh. it, right? So it's just, it's a series of thoughts that I think you, you have to work through. And so I just, wow, that's yeah, the best I, I could say <laughs> is like, having to deal with that it's uh that it is an lot. experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a lot I mean I believe me I that I remember in that moment when my airplane was hit and I remember you know again we talk about time slowing down like I'm looking down at the ground and it's rising it's getting closer and I remember this moment of like looking down at my ejection handles next to me and just thinking this is the last thing I want to do right I don't want to eject into the hands of the enemy this is not going to go well. And so I was kind of like, okay, I know that's an option if I have to do it, but let me really figure out what's going on and what's the best solution right here. But it's, I mean, it's, we're human, right? Those, those thoughts creep into our mind, those worst case scenarios creep in and, you know, you can react a couple of ways, right? You can dwell in them and, or you can take action, right? It's, it's fear in that moment. So you can continue to dwell and think about all the terrible things, or you can just 
step up and take action. And for me, that's, that's what I did, but I did have those worst case thoughts. I had those worst case scenarios creep in and you just, you gotta, you gotta push them out of the way and focus on surviving, you know, focus on what's most important. And for me, that Mm -hmm. was getting back home. How do you get to the next step? Yeah. Get to the next step. So it was get out of Baghdad. Then it was get to friendly territory. And then it was a reassess of how the airplane's flying. And then can I get the airplane on the ground safely without crashing? Would you say that was a defining moment of your life? Absolutely. I think one, it, you know, it was this moment of fear that I overcame. Right. And I didn't, I didn't think I was scared at the time. I was like, no way. Didn't have time to be scared, but I went back and listened to the video and very obvious that I was scared. I can hear the fear (laughs) in my voice, right? It's this high pitched voice. It's unsteady. And to me, it was, it showed me what I was capable of doing, even in the face of fear, right? Even though I was terrified in that moment, I was able to take action. And so it was truly a defining moment for so many reasons. It was also this realization that I got out of there because I also had a wingman to support me, you know, who was there for me, who believed in me, who empowered me to make a decision to land my own airplane. I mean, I was the wingman, he was the flight lead, so he could have told me what to do, but he instead said, Kim, you're flying a single seat fighter, the choice is yours. You know, I will back you up no matter what you decide. And that was incredibly empowering for me, also slightly terrifying because now the decision is mine to make. But seeing that, seeing that trust that he had for me, the confidence that he had for me really also gave me confidence in myself. So, you know, there were so many things as I look back on that mission that really impacted the rest of my life, the rest of my career as I went on to lead large teams of how I would treat the people that work for me, how I would treat my teammates and um, really a defining moment from a personal perspective, but also a professional perspective. Do you think you've been able to, in in joining a lot of these different groups and having done the different forms of trainings with groups and organizations, have you been able to replicate or find similar level of trust that other people have in you? Or is that solely exclusive to the military experience that you had? I think there is something different about the military experience and the civilian experience, because in the military, you're talking, you know, your lives depend on each other. But I think in the business world, sometimes we sell it short because livelihoods are on the line, right? You're responsible for people's income. Can they send their kids to college? Can they put food on their table? And so I think sometimes we sell that short. I mean, leaders have a responsibility to take care of their team. And so I think it's up to the leader to create that that environment of trust. I think it's, is it the same? Not, no, it's different, but I think if you find an organization where is there where there is a sense of trust, where you can rely on each other, where you can be vulnerable in front of each other, where you can admit mistakes and learn from them, that organization is going to be well above others that you see. That's how you create high-performing teams. I think, to me, the foundation is trust. Mm. I didn't even think about that, but you're so spot on as far as there's so much more than just a weekly or the bi-weekly paycheck. Because then you're you're directly supporting not only the current needs but also future dreams and aspirations. Yeah. 
Absolutely. College, future generations for families, things like that. It there there is actually a lot more. I like how you said that as far as it, it's not given enough value or attention because there's so much more underneath the surface. And I think I it's mean, a you're good literally, reminder. You're, you're supporting an entire being, their yes. entire existence. Which I think is important for leaders to remember. I, I don't want to say it's a burden, but you have a responsibility. I mean, it's more than just the paycheck. Like you said, it's you're really supporting potentially a family, you know, you're supporting not just the daily, the daily operations, but future potential. I mean, I think sometimes we lose sight of that, the responsibility that comes with leadership. Do you think from a perspective of leadership, because you've had uh, different roles with that term, is that something So I've been curious about this for a while. Is that something that people are born with? Can it be developed over time? I found that maybe certain things about leadership one can learn. But then some of the other things, for example, that I possess and many of the other people that I know of, it's just I've been trying to break that down. It's like I don't know how you teach this. I think it's just one of those things you have it or you don't. I think it can be learned. I think – there is, there is a lot of things that influence us as a leader, how we were raised, the experiences that we had. I think that impacts a leader, but I also think it can be learned and you can change. I think when I went into my first leadership role, so I was in charge of leading 150 military and civilian personnel, I had this perception that I should be this, you know, this tough exterior, you know, here I'm coming in as this combat proven fighter pilot, you know, we kind of fighter pilots think we're invincible. Clearly, I know that's not true. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had this idea of like this leader that I thought I should be, right? Tough, strong, which is important. And then my, I had this, uh, we do a formal change of command ceremony that happens right before you um, become the commander or leader in the, the unit. And during the ceremony, my three-year-old son decided He was bored sitting in the front row there with my husband and he was going to come up on stage and sit in my lap. And I was like, you know, in this moment, I'm like, what am my team going to think of me? I'm supposed to be this tough, fearless fighter pilot. And here I am with my three-year-old son sitting in my lap. Clearly, uh, you know, I don't, can't control my three-year-old son. So I'm worried my team is thinking, how am I going to lead this unit? But that moment actually did something for me because it made me realize like, guess what? I'm human too, right? I don't have all the answers. I'm not perfect. You know, I have my own challenges. And then after the ceremony, despite the fact that I was still nervous about what my team was thinking, I realized that that moment connected me with them because it turned out it was like the highlight of the ceremony for for so many of them because they saw me as human. They saw me as like somebody that has their own challenges as well. And I I think that's the reminder is that from that moment, I learned like, it's okay to be human. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay, you know, to share things with your team. And I don't think I had that perception before. I mean, it took me some time to kind of figure out what that meant, but I did change. I mean, I did learn. I learned from my young, my young airmen, right? They, they taught me something about leadership and what they wanted from a leader. So I think, I do think we can change. I think a lot of who you are as a leader initially is based on your experiences that you've had. 
but I think you can develop and grow. And so that's, I mean, that's part of the reason I'm so passionate about leadership development. Uh, it's why, why I spent an extra year in the Air Force on active duty when I was intending to retire was to fill this role as the director of the Center for Character and Leadership at the Air Force Academy, because I thought it was so important to help develop leaders. So I, I do think it can be learned. I think sometimes, um, sometimes it's harder, you know, because of the experiences that we've had, positive and negative. Mm -hmm. And going back to combats, your combats probably look drastically different in the minivan compared to a fighter jet, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just For reminded the record, me of... I don't own a minivan. But... <laughs> reminded me of the times where my mom and I would, she would take me to school when I was in middle school and uh, I had this phase where, I, I don't know if your kids have this, but I, I had to wear braces. And yep. part of wearing braces uh, included wearing rubber bands. And man, that was just a one concept. I was like, nope, not doing it <laughs> because then I can't smile. I can't talk properly. I look funny. Kids laugh at me, all these things. And so sometimes I remember I would get in the car, kind of our own version of a fighter jet, and we would go to school and literally pull up to the school. And my first thought is, I just need to get out of this door because I forgot my rubber bands and <laughs> I no, she's going to ask literally the last questions. Do you have your rubber bands? And sometimes I would try and line myself. I would say, yep, without opening my mouth. And she's like, let me see it. She would turn around. Could you not turn back around? We would go back home, pick that up. But I think within that, there's also a lesson to be learned. And that's going to your point. How do you stay calm in that situation and not let the emotions take uh, – take the best of you right yeah and 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 really be able to still kind of go fall back to whatever framework you have for dealing with conflict and <laughs> continue a, on but I'm that laughing was, that as you're was telling my, this story because yeah. i i can that was so. my war story that that <laughs> well, is my related experience <laughs> i'll tell you what there i got asked this question at the last speech that i did um and there were one of the questions so this question that i got asked was is it harder to be a fighter pilot or a mom? And I was like, you know what? Sometimes I feel like it's harder to be a mom. Like I, uh, those moments of like, where you need to remain calm under pressure mm. and the things that, you know, there's moments where I look back and I'm like, I did not do that well. You know, I did not remain as calm as I should. I did not take that deep breath before I engaged with my teenager, you know? So I, it's funny that you say that because I think it is, um, being a parent is a hard thing. <laughs> it and is, that's also uh, just such challenging. a, it's such a different phase, teenage phase compared to, yes. I think any other phase. I mean, oh, I yes. remember myself as a teenager and looking back at it, I put my parents on the roller coaster, probably a ride of their lives. Yeah. Well, just so did emotions. I. <laughs> I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure out who I am, where I fit in, who are my friends, all of these important but at the same time challenging questions and i'm also not equipped with the tools to be able to make a lot of those decisions so yeah. i'm learning decision making at the same time as i'm making decisions Which and is a reminder my parents are probably going crazy <laughs> you know yes. it's like what's going on like why is it not this or that why is it just everywhere so it's it's it, it that's one of those things where i don't know if probably to your experience as well, that's a huge difference, right? Flying a plane, there's even in, in the moment that you described, okay, do I eject 
or do I keep going? At least you have a decision that you can form. Now, being a parent sometimes, I don't know. I don't know how all of you do it. Oftentimes it's like, yeah, you think that's either. the decision you communicated <laughs> to the kid and the kid's like, nope, mad doing yeah. that one. It's uh, it is definitely a challenge. And I, I think sometimes I was thinking about that question of is being a fighter pilot or a, a mom harder. And I realized, you know, we go through a lot of training to become a fighter pilot. There is intense training. You get all sorts of contingency planning. You know, you, you could do preparation, you practice, you plan for all these contingencies and then as a parent, you're just kind of thrown in and you learn from yeah, your surprise. mistakes yep. and you do the best you can. You try to learn from other people, but uh, sometimes those moments surprise you and you're like, I do not know how to deal with this one. I was not anticipating that question. I was not anticipating that response. So I'm learning, I'm learning along <laughs> the way. <laughs> Literally how Constantly you and I started learning. this conversation, exactly. right? <laughs> you live and you learn, but really yes. the, ult the ultimate thing is that you live and you keep on learning. And I think there's a lot there's a lot of beauty within that statement, the fact that we're able we are able to learn, because something that I try to remind myself of because there have been phases throughout my life where I did subscribe to the theory that okay I can't I can't change I can't learn, or it's going to take too long, and and really a lot of those are just constructs that I've created for myself that right. prohibited learning. Learning can be done every single day. Yeah. Even doing the same things that we've done thousands of times, right? You just have to be open to it, right? It's just, it, it's opening yourself up to the constant learning. Um, one of the things that we learned as fighter pilots was the idea of a fighter pilot debrief, where you debrief to your objectives, what were you intending to accomplish, but then really drilling down if you didn't do something right or well, you made a mistake, then why? What was the root cause? what can we learn from that? And then what will we do differently the next time? And I will tell you that my husband was, is also a fighter pilot. He's also retired now, but we debrief just about everything in our everyday life. You know, we debrief the conversations that we have with our teenage son. What could we have done better? What are we going to do differently the next time? And so that has, that's really helped us because it's, it's put a framework, right? A construct around how do you continuously learn? So for us, it's just a, a mini fighter pilot debrief. And then we uh, we make sure that we do it differently the next time and, and not be so hard on ourselves when it doesn't go the right way. You know, when we make those mistakes to give ourselves a little bit of grace and then just learn from it, do it differently the next time. Do you have one of those debrief rooms like they have in the Pentagon, like <laughs> somewhere in the basement, you know, where the kids cannot enter or they have to put an access code to get in there? That would be nice. Now we just, we, uh, <laughs> we have our, our kitchen works pretty well. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, for anyone that's going to be listening to this, I'm, I'm curious, where can people connect with you? What do you have going on? And then also, if you can briefly touch upon the different leadership trainings that you do in case there are people who are part of organizations who might be looking for people like you to bring to their teams. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to with, uh, for people to connect and reach out. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so it's Kim-Casey-Campbell, which is also my website, if they want to find more information about me on my website, or on Twitter, which is KCHAWG987. It's Casey Hogg, which is the nickname of the airplane that I flew. And 987 happens to be the tail number of the aircraft that I flew over Baghdad. So that's the story behind that. Uh, but I also work for a team called Victory Strategies, 
And we do leadership development workshops. We do executive coaching. We do keynote speeches. Um, and we have a great team of highly experienced uh, professionals who have lived leadership and who are passionate about leadership. And then finally, and probably the most exciting for me right now is I have a book coming out on March 8, 2023, and it's called Flying in the Face of Fear, A Fighter Pilot's Lessons on Leading with Courage. And it is my stories and experiences that I learned throughout my 24 years of service, um, but the lessons learned. You know, the, the things that I learned from success and failure, challenge and opportunities, and then fear and courage. So I'm excited about the book. I wrote it for emerging leaders, right? People that are new, but also more experienced leaders that are looking for a new perspective. And I just, my hope is the book really makes a, a difference and an impact for leaders and the, the teams they lead. So that comes out March 8th. It is available for pre-order now on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or your favorite bookseller of choice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is, that is exciting for me. And I'm um, really excited to hear what people think. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of our latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.